Oh, sorry about that, folks. We'll get this sorted out. There we go. That's a tough way to get your attention. Thank you. Well, once again, it did work, didn't it? <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Christ Central Church. Thank you for being with us here this morning. Welcome to those who are joining us online. And as Rebecca said, if you're first time here, uh, with us. Welcome. My name is Joe Crummy, and I'm one of the leaders here at Christ Central. I'm going to be speaking today. And uh, last week, Gary Gallant uh, gave us a start on a, sort of a mini-series on the Holy Spirit. And the more Gary talked, the more I realized he's doing everything that we talked about, about the Holy Spirit. He filled in a lot. And he's like, Joe's going to finish up next week. And I said, Gary, you, you preached the whole thing, the whole three weeks we talked about. You did it all. So I'm going to go over a couple of things, and uh, hopefully we'll get to some new things as well um, this morning. But Gary did a good job, uh, and one of the reasons we're talking about the Holy Spirit is just sometimes we, we talk about God the Father, we talk about Jesus, but we sometimes don't mean to, but we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And so Gary just started us off last week just taking a look at who is the Holy Spirit, and we realize the Holy Spirit has been around, like the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit was involved in creation. We saw in Genesis, the Spirit was hovering over sort of the chaos. And there at the beginning, and the Holy Spirit brings life. The Holy Spirit, and this was the big one from, especially in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon particular people at particular times or for certain tasks. And so that was exciting for people like Saul or David, if you're a king or a prophet or maybe a priest, the Holy Spirit came on and powerful things happened. And it's exciting to read about. But here's the thing. Guess what? For the everyday person, <laughs> you're pretty much left out. So we got sort of the Bible characters in there, real life characters, and we can go through and, and the Spirit of God came upon them and exciting things happened and powerful things happened. God used them. But they were kind of the exception. So we kind of have the prophets they kind of heard from God and spoke it out. We had the priests, they were serving God, and we had the kings who had authority, and basically the Holy Spirit was kind of relegated to them. But as Gary said, we get these promises beginning to unfold in the Old Testament, and you can kind of feel the anticipation growing. It's kind of like you know Christmas is coming. We're under six months till Christmas. Isn't that exciting? Christmas is coming. And we've got this anticipation that there's a day coming and the prophets begin to see it. And we see it in Jeremiah chapter 31. And we see it in Ezekiel chapter 36. And we have the prophet Joel. And it's saying this. There's a day coming when the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh. And it's not just going to be the prophets and the priests and the kings. It's going to be for everybody who calls on the name of the Lord to be saved. And we see in the Old Testament, God gave his law, 10 commandments, and then, believe it or not, there was, I think, 613 laws given to the people of God in the Old Testament. You think memorizing 10 is tough. 613. And they're on these written tablets, and God's understanding this. You know what? My law is good. And everyone agreed it was good. Those are Ten Commandments. Like, those are good. No one's going to disagree. But there's no power within us that helps us obey the Ten Commandments. 
So we're kind of left to our own strength. And we start out good, and as long as I have a good cup of coffee and I'm in a good mood, then maybe I can... But inside, and even sometimes when we obey them externally, on the inside, we're still not really following them. And God's saying, there's coming a day when I'm going to remove your hearts of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to give you a new heart. And I'm going to empower you to obey and follow me. So you can see this anticipation coming. And what I'm going to pick up on our first point, is really where Gary left off, is this. And we have to go over it again. It's just the promise of the Father. All the way through, we have this promise. The promise of the Father. The Father's going to send His Spirit. The Father's going to pour out His Spirit. You're going to go from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. You're going to have, instead of God just kind of dwelling sort of out there somewhere, God's going to dwell with his people as originally planned. And all this was pointing to Jesus and Jesus is saying, hey, I mean, again, folks, we can't overlook it. Like, And please, you've got to kind of use your imagination for a moment. Just imagine what it was like to be with Jesus. So I don't know if you've ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first four books of the New Testament. But it's some pretty, it's incredible reading. Like, you can't get bored reading about it. Like, Jesus shows up, incredible birth, Christmas. I mentioned Christmas again. Jesus born, and Jesus went around, and I mean, it was incredible, the stuff that Jesus did. We just sang about some of it. I mean, Jesus, like, healings. Like, incredible healings. Jesus, people who were out of their mind, set right mind demons cast out, he feeds 5,000, water into wine, like, incredible. And we read them sometimes so much, we just kind of, think, oh, it's 2,000 years ago, we don't, like, just work with me, okay? Just think about it. Think if you were there. Like, how incredible that would be. And then Jesus, before he goes to the cross, says this, it's better for you that I go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit. Let that sink in. No, 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 Jesus, like, don't go away. Like, they were saying, like, Jesus, like, I'm going. And they're going, Jesus, where are you going? We want to go with you. Like, no, we, 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 like, no, don't, like, where are you going? Thomas is like, Jesus, where are you going? She's like, I, you know, you know where I'm going. No, we don't know where you're going. And Jesus said, it's okay, it's okay. I'm going to send another just like me. So if you can remember, and we're going to talk about it today, the Holy Spirit, yeah, he's mysterious, and he, goes where he wants in our lap, but sometimes we get confused. Just remember this, Jesus said, I'm going to send one just like me. So we have this incredible, incredible, incredible promise, and Jesus is saying, and this is where Gary left it off last week, Jesus saying, if anyone's thirsty, come to me, and I will give you living water. John chapter 7. And Jesus is saying, because John writes it afterwards, so he puts in a little explanation. We know, we, John's basically saying, we know now what he was talking about. <laughs> Jesus said, if, you come, if you're thirsty, come to me, I'm going to give you living water. Didn't quite make sense. Jesus went, died on the cross, paid for our sins, returned to heaven, poured out the Holy Spirit, and now we know he was referring to the Spirit <laughs> who was yet to come. And folks, this is what I just want to share. and Because we're going to go over a few things today that 
might, you think, how does this connect to my life? Can I just share this? Everything we're talking about is applicable to all of us. So I've gone over these stats before. Our culture today, our anxiety, like, is through the roof. And if I ask for a show of hands, how many battle some anxious, anxiety things today? I'm sure many of us put our hands up. How many of us are fearful of things? How many of us maybe feel lonely, even if we have lots of people around us? How many of us wrestling through identity things, a place to belong, a purpose in life, all of those things? Folks, everything we're talking about with the Holy Spirit today helps answer all of those things. So please, work with me. The Holy Spirit helps address and face and walk through and persevere in overcoming battles and struggles internally and externally. And Gary said this last week. He said, we're made for a relationship with God. And he, Gary quotes Ecclesiastes chapter 3 about how God has set eternity in the hearts of men and women. God has placed something in us that's bigger than ourselves, and that's to know him. We're made in God's image, male and female. And God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So just think about this. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, community, family, unity, harmony, peace, joy, friendship, love, belonging, acceptance, purpose. That's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're made in his image. So no wonder we long and crave for those things. And the Father is saying, this is my son. So the Father is pointing towards Jesus. Jesus is saying, hey, I only do what I see my Father doing. He's pointing people to the Father. And the Father and Son say, we're going to send your Spirit. And the Holy Spirit saying, Spirit of truth, I'm only going to tell you what the Father and the Son say. I mean, incredible. And what we found today pastorally, and Gary touched on a couple of things last week, is we realize today a lot of times the Holy Spirit's misunderstood. And there's some funny things that are misunderstood and there's some serious theological things that are misunderstood. And we found this. Sometimes people misunderstand the Holy Spirit for, and I'm going to use my Star Wars, you know, is a force. And so it's become very common today through the whole Star Wars thing, may the force be with you. And we can sometimes, whether we realize it or not, we can sometimes think of the Holy Spirit more like that. May the force be with you. May the Spirit be with you. But we're not really thinking, sometimes we're just thinking some like mystical thing. In some religions, God is spirit, little s, and God is an impersonal force. Powerful, but not a person. Or sometimes we refer to the Holy Spirit as it, and that's not very helpful as well. That's very nondescript. And some older translations of the Bible use the term Holy Ghost, which brings a whole bunch of other things with it. And so sometimes we can think, well, you know, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And we can think, oh, that's kind of childish. Or maybe that's, you know, more like a fairy tale. Sometimes we get scared of that and mysterious. Sometimes it's a bit sensational, and there's lots of memes on there about things from Pentecostals and other things that aren't always helpful. And sometimes we can think, hey, other parts of the world are very open to the Holy Spirit. That's good for there, but that doesn't happen here in North America. It may be what happens here more in North America is this. We're much more open to being a bit more spiritual and adding some spirituality to our lives. So there's a lot of things about saying about feed your spirit and all these different things 
but they're not referring to the Holy Spirit. So folks, I'm just trying to help you understand why are we spending a little bit of time on the Holy Spirit. It's because of all these different things is that we need some help. We need some teaching and discussion, but we need some encounter and interaction with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit should affect every part of our daily lives. The promise of the Father has been fulfilled. Jesus, death, resurrection, ascension, and he gave the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And 2,000 years later, we need to live in the good of that. And that affects our identity and our purpose and the fruit of God's Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives gifts and the Holy Spirit helps us in prayer and the Holy Spirit helps us study in our character, everything. That's why the Holy Spirit's so important. So I just want to take a couple minutes and go over maybe some basics. And maybe it's so basic, you're like, Joe, why are we doing this? But I don't want to assume anything. <laughs> so we're going to go cover, I'm just going to make sure we cover some ground. So one of the things we're going to talk about this, number two, is the Holy Spirit is God. And so let's read our scripture together. And it's such a great one that covers so many different things. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to have the words up here as well. So this is the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. And if you don't know where to start in the Bible reading, the Gospel Mark's a great place to start. So maybe that's for you, or maybe if a friend asks you, where do I even start in the Bible? Mark is a great place to start, because it's all full of action. It's just all about Jesus and who he is and what he does, and the Holy Spirit so involved. So that's a helpful hint to you. All right, let's read this together. So if you're able to read, I think it's, an, it's great when we read together. It helps engage, and honestly, the more you read things, the more you remember them. So it's a helpful thing. So if you want to read with me, no pressure, but please join in. You ready? Kelly's going to read with me. Right on. Thank you, Kelly. And you can read this if you're online as well. Okay, here we go. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Well done. Whew. There's a lot going on in 13 verses. Wow. We've got Jesus, the Son of God. We've got John the Baptist, who was prophesied that he was going to come, and one's going to come and prepare the way for Jesus. 
We've got John the Baptist, who was a strange character, wasn't he? I mean, even reading that, right? It's just like, woof, interesting. John the Baptist, powerful. People are coming from all over. He's baptizing them in the Jordan for forgiveness of sins. John, who was getting more and more popular, saying, I'm nobody. And he points people to Jesus, and he says, I baptize you in water, and Gary talked about it last week, immersed, drenched. Remember, we, Gary put Isaac under the water at Green Hill Lake Camp? Immersed, drenched. He says, I baptize water. One's coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Whew, there's some foreshadowing coming. And then we have Jesus himself being baptized in water. And as he's being baptized, we have the Holy Spirit, capital S, descend upon him. Because even though he was fully God, he was fully human. And he needed the Holy Spirit while he did his ministry here on earth. And God the Father speaks. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit sends Jesus out into the desert where he's tempted by Satan. Did I mention that's a lot going on? 13 verses, and we see God the Father involved. We see Jesus the Son. We see God the Holy Spirit involved. And we see Satan, who's a real entity being who hates God. all in 13 verses. And we sang about God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit this morning, one of our songs. And in Christian terms, a lot of times we use the word Trinity, and even though it's not found in the Bible, it's a Latin word for three and one, and a lot of times it's just a helpful term to explain the truth of one God, three persons. And this is how God reveals God in God's word. One God three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's a mystery to it, but it's there. And folks, we can miss 2,000 years later that the apostles and our early church fathers and mothers, they fought really, 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 really hard and for a long time to articulate the truth about God as one God, three persons. And of course, they their insight and their wording over many centuries, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a rich history in our Christian tradition, but those people fought to articulate the truth of who God is. And the church has many rich creeds for us to use. We have the Apostles' Creed, and we sing that sometimes in our song, Nicene Creed, Statements of Faith. So I picked a really recent one just to take one thing. So this is one of the most recent ones we have in Christianity. It's the New Westminster Confession of Faith from 1647. So I picked a more contemporary one, okay? And just one of the statements says this, in the unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, power, and eternity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one substance, power, eternity. And you can say, Joe, why is this, why are you kind of harping on this? This is really, really important. Because when you dig down with other religions, and some who even have claims or hints of Christianity, when you dig down in, you begin to find we don't believe the same things. And there's additions to the Bible, and there's different translations of the Bible, and as you dig down, you begin to realize Jesus isn't the same Jesus we believe, and the Holy Spirit's not the same Holy Spirit that we believe. And a lot of times, the Holy Spirit is not God. And that changes everything. 
Because as we are reading in God's word and as we're going to see, we believe as followers of Jesus, as Christians, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And if we change any of those, everything else begins to fall apart. And so again, we might not be faced with that so much here in our day and in our time, but over history in different parts of the world, it's a big deal. And so that's why I'm spending just a few minutes on it. I might assume we know all this, but we have to be clear. So there's some biblical components to the truth of the Godhead. And just briefly, we believe there's only one essential being within God. God eternally subsists in the form of three persons. And if you go all the way back to Genesis 1.26, the translation says this, let us make man in our image, referring to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Each of these persons is fully alive. Each of these persons is distinct from the other two, yet one with them. And the three persons have eternally coexisted as one God. There's a mystery to it, absolutely. But it's not nonsense. There's order and God's very clear in his revelation in his word of who God is. And Gary said last week the Holy Spirit was involved in creation right from Genesis 1, that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit is eternal, Hebrews 9.14. The writer of Hebrews says this, How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit, capital S, offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that leads to death, that we may serve the living God. Again, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit involved even one verse. The Holy Spirit is sent by the Father and the Son proceeds from both. Jesus said this in John 14, 26, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So, if you have a hard time understanding God's word, this is what you do. You open up God's word and you say, Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of truth. You're the teacher. Teach me reveal because jesus said the counselor the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything i've said to you the holy spirit is god we see this in acts 5 lying to the holy spirit is the equivalent of lying to god so with ananias and sapphira who lied peter said this in Acts 5, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? What made you do such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. It implies that the Spirit is all-present, all-knowing, all-powerful. Only God. Romans 8, 26, 27. Paul writes, in the same way the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. This is so encouraging. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Wow. Do you see how the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives? The Holy Spirit teaches us the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit's so involved in every aspect of our lives. And the last thing I just want to say is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not God's impersonal force. It's not an it. It's not the force. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
There's so many different examples. Acts 1, 16, 18, Luke writes this. He records Peter saying, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David. The Holy Spirit was inspiring the writers of God's word all the way through. The Holy Spirit thinks, Acts 15, 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I already read, the Holy Spirit has a mind, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a will. Acts 16, 7, when they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. The Holy Spirit leads, Romans 8, 14. Paul writes, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him, the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is intimately involved in us knowing God as Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit can be grieved, Ephesians 4, 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's sensitive. The Holy Spirit is our helper, John 14, 16. Jesus said this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Jesus saying, I'm going to give you someone just like me, another helper who comes alongside. That's another person just like Jesus, not a force, but a person. And folks, in closing, just because I kind of give you more factual and we're trying to build a foundation here. Please don't miss that this is not just dead theology. The Holy Spirit is active today. The Holy Spirit is active here this morning. That the Holy Spirit, as we're going to look at more and more, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals God to us. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to us. So many times, so many of us have stories like, I didn't know Jesus before. I, sometimes I even read the Bible when I was young. I didn't understand it. And all of a sudden, boom, suddenly, that's the Holy Spirit. It's like an alarm clock going off. And you're like, you get woken up. You're like, oh, now I see it. What was that? Once I was blind, but now I see. That's the Holy Spirit revealing, drawing, waking us up to who God is. The Holy Spirit convicts us. I did all these things all my life, and all of a sudden now I'm like, why would I want to do that? I don't want to do that anymore. The Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, God, why did I do that before? The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, turns us from it. The Holy Spirit helps. The Holy Spirit's our teacher, our comforter, our counselor. The Holy Spirit enables and empowers. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit gives gifts for us to use. So the question this morning is this. Are we open to learn not just more about the Holy Spirit, but actually, just as we grow in a relationship with people, that we can grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit as a person. So many of us, at one point, we were strangers. We didn't know each other. But over time, and spending time together, and talking, and listening, and interacting, and growing, and doing things together, guess what? We know each other. And as you saw at the church weekend, we know each other so well, we can really make fun of each other. Because <laughs> we know. We know each other so well. Are we open to say, Holy Spirit, I think I know you. 
Maybe I don't know you. I've known you for a long time, but I want to know you more. I want to spend time with you. I want to listen. I want to be led. I want you to teach me. I want you to change me. I want you to help me. That's kind of what this series is about. And some of it is we're just trying to create a bit of a hunger and a thirst, a curiosity. We come to Jesus. Jesus is the one who pours out the Holy Spirit. But this morning, I just want to make sure you don't miss out. And folks, you guys know, we believe fully in counseling. We believe in getting help. We believe we work with psychologists, psychiatrists. We absolutely across the board. But I don't want you to miss out on the greatest counselor, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. That we're created for relationship with God. And that Jesus gets us right with God and brings us into relationship. But the Holy Spirit is the one who lives and dwells within us. And folks, we have so many examples here today of people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, who are being led by the Holy Spirit, who have been transformed by the Holy Spirit. So can I encourage you today? This is my question to you. What is one thing you can do this week that would cultivate and help grow your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just one. If you come up with five, go for it. But I'm going to put the bar really low. What is one thing you could do this week that would just help cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit? And we're all at different stages on our journey with God. So for some of us, we're not even following Jesus yet. This is all new. You might pray for the first time this week and just say, God, Holy Spirit, if you're real, just show me. You might open up your Bible. You might read the book of Mark this week or even chapter 1 that we started today. Holy Spirit, would you show me, speak to me? For some of us, it might just be, Holy Spirit, you talked about that. When I don't know how to pray, you said that you would help me in my prayer. So I'm going to take just five minutes. Holy Spirit, would you help me to pray? Maybe it's just listening. We're talking about just that being still and knowing God. I told you at the church weekend, I just take 10 minutes Hit the timer, 10 minutes of silence. But inside I'm going, Holy Spirit, speak to me, reveal. I want to listen, I want to hear your voice. I want to cut out the noise. So busy, I just want to be still and know. Holy Spirit, would you begin? How do you speak? How do you lead me? How, what are your promptings? Maybe you're just going to be, I'm going to take a whole day this week. And I'm just going to like, sort of every hour I'm going to recalibrate. So, oh yeah, it's 10 o'clock. Okay, I'm just going to stop for a minute. Holy Spirit, I'm here at work, but you're with me. I want to be attuned. I want to have that radar up. I want to be tuned in. All, I'm giving you lots of examples. <laughs> you can just pick one. But what's one thing this week we can all do to grow? Maybe it's reading about the Holy Spirit. You can read John chapter 14, 15, 16 this week. Lots of different things. But the good news is this. The promise of the Father has been given in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is God. So it is serious and powerful and relational. The Holy Spirit is a person. We can get to know him more.
I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And we're going to worship a bit more. And then we're just going to pray into some of these things. We're going to pray for some people this morning as we have some needs in our church that would be good for us to pray. So if you're able, why don't you stand? And as I've said many times, a lot of times, one of the reasons we do a song after the message is we've been like an hour and 15 minutes of worship, sharing with one another, hearing God's word. Sometimes we just need a few minutes to respond. And a lot of times that response is in here. But we want to create some space to be able to say, because folks, it's not just hearing a message and then we're out the door and we forget. And trust me, I preach a message and sometimes by Tuesday I'm going, what did I speak on again? (laughs) So don't worry, okay? We're in it together, all right? But we want it to, like, saturate, permeate. So we just want to take a time out and just these five minutes of worshiping, just say, Holy Spirit, would you prompt me? What's that maybe one thing today? And you can write it on your phone, write it down. We don't want to rush out. We want to respond. Okay, so as Taylor and the team lead us, let's do that together, and then we'll come back and we'll give you a few more um, instructions on that. So thank you, Taylor.